Hey Geek fans, in this episode we're going to be talking The Batman, Avengers Infinity War, and Star Wars The Last Jedi on this episode of The Raving Geeks. Hey Geek fans, this is Ben Solis. And I'm Noah Bayshore. And we are the Raven Geeks, back here for another episode. Uh, we got a really cool episode. Yeah, for sure. A lot of cool stuff to talk about. Last time, there was a huge glut of news that we barely got through. Yeah. I mean, the whole episode was, was, it de- was news. dedicated to holy nerd news. Yeah. So we're going to dive in a little bit more into that because we have some updates. We got some things we didn't want to talk about. But at the same time, we got a special guest in the house. We got our Geek of the Week. Our Geek of the Week, round two. This is the second geek, right? Yeah, technically we had uh, Tom Delore for our first geek, and now we have James Teeman. James, James Teeman. Oh my gosh. Steve I, w- I was thinking <laughs> of my roommate. Oh my gosh. Just because you both have glasses, and gotcha. I was in a different... Yeah, it's uh, Steve Teeman. I'm hey so guys, sorry. thanks for having me. I'm uh, a big geek fan. Uh, I listen to a lot of geek podcasts, The Weekly Planet, for one, uh, Sans Parents Radio, a couple others. So this has been something that I've kind of had my ear towards for a while, but I've never gotten to participate in one. So a little nervous, but let's see how it goes. It's okay. And hopefully your alter ego, James Teeman, James isn't, Teeman. isn't going to show up <laughs> yeah. and you guys will have to do battle. Yeah. I got my money on you because, I mean, Steve, you're you're an ROTC student, right? That's right. I'm in the Air Force ROTC, so that's a little smaller here at Central. Not a whole lot of people know about it. Mm-hmm. We have a whole five cadets compared to the armies. I have no idea how many. And I go down to Michigan State every week, and I do my thing, and then I come back up here. But most of the time, I'm here at Central doing my thing. Cool, man. And so, so most likely, you could probably kick James's butt. He's probably sitting in his, his mom's basement, you know, eating potato chips while you're doing the hard work. That's right. So yeah. my money, my money's on you, man. So yeah, Steve is going to join us for our entire podcast. Yep. He's going to weigh in on some of our news hits. And then when we get to our main segment, which is something we've been wanting to talk about for a real long time is The Last Jedi. We've got updates on news from some of that. We've got some crazy fan theories that we've all heard. And obviously, one thing we didn't get to do was eulogize the great Carrie Fisher. And now we're going to take a moment to do that. But until we get into our Star Wars stuff, let's hit with the news. Noah, what do we have on our plate for news right now? So uh, updates on like what we previously talked about in the last episode with the Batman. I got chills. So we got big news. We talked about how there was that uh, short list of directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Matt Reeves is officially in talks to direct the Batman. So it's not official confirmation. But like it's like that's that's basically what's going to happen. We're getting there, which is really super sweet. So last time when we talked about this, we were we were struggling to think about what Matt Reeves actually did. Yeah. Which was stupid of us, so I'm sorry. But uh obviously I went back and I looked it up as soon as that news came out too and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which was fantastic. Uh, Let Me In, which is the Americanized version of Let the Right One In. If you haven't seen it, Steve, if you haven't seen it. I have never heard of that. It is one of the... It's like a vampire movie? It is. It's one of like the greatest vampire movies I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, the original one is like a Norwegian, it's like a Swedish version okay. of it. But yeah. this American version Matt Reeves did, and it's like... You know how they talk about adaptations improving on art? Yeah. Like, both movies are great, but I got to tell you, Matt Reeves' version is like a major improvement on what that movie was. That's really cool. So you're talking about a guy who's like got serious chops, serious clout in Hollywood, taking over a really, really important franchise. Personally, I'm a little giddy about it. Yeah, me too. Have you seen Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? I have. The f- Did he do uh, Rise as well? He didn't do Rise. Okay. Yeah. So I, I really like both. Dawn was great. Yeah. I'm, I saw the trailer for the new one. and For uh, War? Pretty, yeah, yeah, War. I'm really excited for it. 
Absolutely. Andy Serkis does an incredible job. Oh, I know. The direction is great. So I feel like he'll uh, have a good balance with with the effects and stuff because especially in Apes, it doesn't look too CGI-y. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. And that's the best thing about it is that it's, it's a marriage of these like really fantastical elements, you know, and it's grounded so well. I mean, I think I'm a, I'm a huge Planet of the Apes fan. Um, so the original series, like the original like four or five movies, um, they were somewhat grounded, but not in, nearly enough. It was clearly a campy sci-fi movie, even right. when they got into the more serious parts. For sure. With Rise, and then obviously with Dawn, which was Matt Reeves' version, it just kept getting darker and more real world. Yeah. As time went on, like you can actually like the verisimilitude of just like seeing these apes, like you could totally believe that this could totally happen. Um, so, wow, to do something fantastic like the Batman is just kind of crazy. Now, the script was one of the things that everybody was still kind of worried about. Yeah, because Affleck stepped away, and, like, one of the big things he was talking about was, if the script wasn't good, I'm not going to direct, and that's what happened. Uh, so, there apparently, there were, like, a lot of rewrites and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, not a lot of rewrites. They actually called in Chris Terrio to rewrite it, and there was, like, everybody was kind of worried about it, but now they put out that... Uh, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers, and Ben Affleck have both looked at the script, and they're totally down for it, and they That's say awesome. it's really good. That's great too, because that was one of the things we had like literally last week just talked about yeah. too. Is that I mean, not only is it a little troublesome that maybe Affleck was stepping away for a little bit. But, you know, what is the, the state of the script exactly based on the information they have? So that's heartening. That's really heartening. Um, you know, and say what you want about Chris Terrio, whether he's a genius for writing Argo and doing really well or maybe not doing so well on the rewrite of Batman vs. Superman. Time will tell. So we'll guess we'll have to see what's going on. And then, so that's, that's, the, that's the main DC front. But we got some other cool stuff that we didn't talk about last time from the Marvel front that we want to talk about. And... It's actually pretty, pretty intense. It's pretty awesome. Uh, Marvel recently put out, uh, I think it was like, honestly, like a few days ago, they put out this like super cool featurette regarding Infinity War and like their beginnings of the production and like uh, all that. And it's looking really, really good. And what we saw there, we saw some interviews with with Kevin. We saw some interviews with the cast. Uh, There was a really cool kind of like like trifecta interview, like by a green screen of Robert Downey Jr. God, I always forget the kid's name. Uh, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, who plays Spider-Man. And then you've got Chris Pratt in his his full like... Star-Lord. Star-Lord getup. Yeah. And uh, it was just really cool because instead of just saying, hey, we're on the set of Infinity Wars, oh, wow, you know, it's like they were actually, like, recapping some of their experiences. And Tom Holland's was the best because he was just like, you know, like, when in, in, when Avengers came out, I was just a kid. Yeah. And I saw it in the movie theater with my friend, and now I'm playing freaking Spider-Man in this, in this grand Avengers romp. I don't know. That was just really cool to me. I, yeah. I mean, like, I can only imagine what that kid's going through right now because, like, we're the same age. Yeah. And I watched Avengers or like what Iron Man when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. And to be, you know, where he is now, I, it's like, honestly, I could only imagine it's like a dream come true. Absolutely. Because you're, you're standing uh, amongst like Robert Downey Jr. He's Iron Man. He is Iron Man. Yeah. And you're just like in awe. I, I can only imagine what he's going through, man. And the, the look at what they were doing with some of the sets, I mean, obviously you didn't get a whole lot. Yeah, you, know, you got to see some things, but you know, I feel like the the scope and size of this is just going to be really intense. Now, no, so Steve, I know that you are a big Star Wars guy, you're a big Captain America guy too. Yep. So, you know, what does it mean having watched all these Avengers movies kind of unfold, and now we're going to get like the big bad 
Avengers movie that we were promised. You know, I think I think we're about the same age, Noah. So I was in the similar boat when I started watching these movies. Um, Avengers, I loved it. I saw it like five or six times in the theater, and then now that that moment with Downey and Tom Holland and Chris Pratt all standing together, it like it almost like gave me chills. It's like <laughs> yeah, oh, we've heard about Infinity War for years. We've seen teasers of Thanos that he's coming, but now it's like it's actually happening. It's, it's here. It's so real. I'm incredibly excited. I think. You know, I actually was kind of um, broken up in seeing the initial Marvel movies. I think the first one I remember seeing in the theater is Captain America 1. Mm -hmm. But then since then, I've seen all of them, seen them all at midnight, super excited for it. So I'm I'm pretty pretty pumped. That's going to be great. And so we've got that. And Noah, what, what, what else? We uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up was during the featurette, we got to see some brief uh, concept art yeah, for we the did. film. We did. Uh, one of them was uh, kind of like Iron Man standing in some sort of facility where it looks almost like a like Hall of Armor slash like manufacturing thing for uh, like Iron Man drills. I haven't seen this one yet. Yeah, this, this was like uh, displayed... In the featurette, so it's like he was talking about how I think it was Feige that said that like Tony is really trying to prepare uh, for this like oncoming you know war, yeah, like he, sure. he feels it coming. So I think that's really interesting. Now I saw that too, and what the first thing that popped up in my head when I saw that, um, and if you guys haven't seen this image, it's floating around the internet all over the place. So go check it out. It's Tony. He's like Noah said, he's standing in like kind of like a like a manufacturing plant, looks like an assembly line. It actually looks like. Uh, the bigger version of Lucius's like garage where he keeps all of Batman's tumblers yeah, and things like that yeah. in Dark Knight Rises. But uh, yeah, th- what freaked me out when I saw that, I was like, didn't he learn his lesson already from this? Well, the last time that he tried to create drones I and know, an right? artificial intelligent being to protect the world didn't turn out so hot. A lot of people died. I don't know, man. It's uh, it, Tony's hubris like does not cease to like like impress me at all yeah like he constantly is just going for like i know i shouldn't be doing this but, but i'm scared i'm yeah. gonna do it anyway you know i'd like to see how that plays out in this movie i'd like to see if those things turn on him you know yeah for sure like um, it'll be really interesting to see where his character is going to end up at the beginning of that yeah. uh, and how it'll how it'll progress so then the uh the next ones we have like a kind of like a super humanoid look at thanos he's not in his armor or anything rocking the bro tank rocking the bro tank looks like a purple (laughs) stone cold steve austin yeah uh and then we got uh this really really cool concept art of rocket and thor love it battling some uh unseen enemies could you ever imagine i mean i know that everybody kind of put two and two together as soon as guardians came out it was such a huge hit they're like oh yeah they're gonna end up in infinity war it's obviously thanos was involved in all of this too yeah but like for both of you, just looking at this photo, being being the freaking fanboys that you guys are for these movies, how cool is it to see Rocket next to Thor like that? I cannot wait for <laughs> Bradley Cooper to just be sassing about all of these snarky superheroes we've seen fighting on Earth the whole time, like Iron Man and Spider-Man, and they'll be like, you're a raccoon, what do you... And then he'll <laughs> deliver something that's even sassier and wittier and yeah. like, this is amazing like verbally slapping them all down <laughs> like before we see this like i like it like infinity war never felt real you know because because yeah. it's the concept of it is like larger than life in a way because nothing like this has ever happened before and seeing this is like so surreal and amazing mm-hmm. and i'm honestly so excited i feel like a little kid in the candy store dude same and you know it's interesting too because like um i guess the expectation i have for this movie was you know incorrectly placed as my expectation for civil war yeah um even though when malachi and i used to talk about it it was just like 
dude, there's no way they're going to do this properly. We're just going to have to accept the adaptation for what it is, you know, because obviously half the Marvel Universe isn't there. Yeah. They can't even do the same storyline. They don't even own a lot of the characters that are featured in it. They don't. And actually at the same time, I mean, the Bucky thing was the only logical way to kind of like go progress that, that. go to that place, you know? Um, And when I saw it, of course, I was disappointed because, I mean, I grew up on Civil War, right? Civil War was like one of the first like graphic novel, like series books, you know, that you read that I read. Yeah, I was like I was like a child when that came out. And uh, this, though, because I love the Infinity Gauntlet like saga, you know, so much. um, And because of how many people that they have in this movie. Yeah, it that hype is like actually real for me this time. It's like not like adultered by like eh, they're not gonna be able to pull it off like I really am just hoping that they can just knock this one out of the park. I have a good feeling that they're gonna pull it off in the in the featurette they showed they had the like the physical in, uh, infinity gauntlet omnibus or whatever mm-hmm. uh, where it's like oh, all no, the stories was, leading up to it and it's just like filled with like sticky notes and notes, stuff notes 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 it's notes. amazing yeah that was impressive and the, that's the one of the things too is that like in any one of these featurettes you know when they've talked about like adapting like certain books or whatever like that they never actually showed the shot of like the bible right yeah that's like clearly like their shooting bible you know that was that was impressive that gave me chills yeah for sure i'm i'm really excited to see how it's going to turn out yeah yeah they um marvel's been pretty good at like capturing really specific moments from the comic books like especially in civil war you got that shot of tony coming at cap in the suit and the 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 shields are reflecting off the shield yeah and that was great and the know you move speech exactly. in the church, that literally gave me chills. That was beautiful. What I'm really looking forward to in Infinity War, I really hope it's in there. Kevin Feige, if you're listening, and we know you are, <laughs> I think shout, I know out, you're talking about shout out, this needs to go in there. Thanos wipes the floor with all the Avengers. Captain America is the last man standing. I don't remember the exact quote, but he says something to the effect of, as long as there's one person to stand against you, you've lost. And Thanos says something about, oh, well, you're just going to die anyway. And he just breaks the shield in one punch. I feel like seeing Chris uh-huh. Evans stand up there like that, full Captain America suit, that would, I would be floored. And you know, amazing. you know, they they can't get away with not doing that. Oh, yeah. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you're totally right. I think, here's the deal. So, like, I'm a huge DC fan, and if you've listened to this this podcast before, you've heard me just gripe about, like, oh, why can't my universe be as blah, <laughs> yeah. you know? Or just, like, even just, like, defiant, like, no, it's good. Damn it, it's good, you know? <laughs> Trust me. Trust me, I know what I'm talking about. But I will say this, is that, you know, as as much weirdness as I have toward the Marvel Universe sometimes, even though I love those movies, to say that I don't love those movies would be lying to everybody on listening to this podcast. Oh, yeah. But, like, you're exactly spot on. They are so good at capturing these very specific vignettes and very specific lines of dialogue or just visual scenes from their those specific books in such a way that you're just like, oh, thanks. You know, Civil War could have been exactly what it was, but for those little small moments, it's like... Thank you for at least including some of this, like, central, like, important pieces of, like, plot that I needed to see. Um, so, yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about it at all. I'm so amped. So hyped. I am so hyped, and hopefully, you know, we get the teaser. Yeah. I, I mean, it's going to be a long time because they just started production, but yeah. I'm just waiting on that teaser, man. That's going to be so amazing. Even if they drop short ones. Even yeah. if they don't even drop a full trailer for, like, the whole rest of the year, like, everybody's so rabid for this stuff right now it's just crazy by the way this podcast was sponsored by Marvel Um, Marvel Studios yeah but what were were we gonna say Steve when is this coming out again is it next year Uh, 2018 uh, it's yes Yes. I wanna say (laughs) cool I think so (laughs) we'll look that one up for you guys I think part uh, uh, yeah I think Infinity War is 2018 for sure okay I believe it is too I believe so 
we're gonna, uh, we're gonna check our handy dandy phones here. Yeah, uh, we definitely should look this stuff up as we're talking about it. Oh uh, man, but yeah, no, I mean it's gonna be the event of the year. Clearly, um, you know, with so many other different comic book movies coming out, again, it's like we're blessed with riches, but it's just so competitive now. Yeah, you know, the competition is probably not gonna be steep. I mean, you've got Wonder Woman this year, right? You've got Justice League this year. Trying to think. In terms of DC for next year, I think it's pretty much like Aquaman. Yeah. And that's it because they had Flash, but that's not, you know, in production at all because they don't have a director and they're uh, rewriting the script and stuff. Page one rewrite. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you've got, they've been talking about like they want to do a Gotham City Sirens movie and they want to do a Black Adam and a Shazam movie. So they're just adding more and more projects that's pushing the rest of their slate back. They have no... Okay, here's... Okay, I can't believe this is actually happening, so relish this moment, fellas. But, like, as I mentioned last time, just my faith in all of this is just, like, slowly just, like, just... Dissipating? Yeah. It's just... It just is. It just... It's so rudderless. It's so obviously rudderless. Like, I know people liked seeing Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I love seeing Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. She was great. This but, whole idea of this Gotham City Sirens movie, it's like you're just like shoehorning in female villains together because you're going to obviously sex them up super hardcore, right? right? You're going to present them as just like, oh, we're just fighting. We're, we're badasses. Yeah. We're great, you know? We're no, the bad guys. It's what we do. Exactly. No story whatsoever except for them just running around doing stuff. I'm worried it's just going to be completely like fan service rather than, you know. An actual story that people yeah. sink their teeth into. Yeah. Which has been like seriously the problem plaguing all of this from the beginning. So, yeah, it's just weird. And I mean, yeah, well, as soon as the Black Adam stuff came out, as soon as like these page one rewrites on Flash came out. It's done, man. I'm calling it right now. Yeah. It's done. They just need to be patient. They were like, we need to compete with Marvel. They're doing so well. Civil War's coming. We're going to let everybody know our entire slate for the next 10 years with no forethought. Yeah. Yeah. It was dumb. By the way, Avengers Infinity War will be out in 2018. All right. Cool beans. So we got a while. We got a while until it comes out. So uh, for our next tiny bit of news, it's not like a huge thing, but we're both fans of it. Yeah. So, uh, Pacific Rim Uprising, they have officially released our first look at the Jaegers. Ooh. Ooh, that's cool. And they look so cool. That looks really, really cool. And they got, like, sort of like a poster thing going on. I think it's really super funny that, that those look even more cool now, now that Power Rangers has put out their, like, Jaeger ripoff. Yeah. Soids. I mean, honestly, though. So, uh, that is sweet. That is super cool. I hope that they did. Have they ever made any comics out of this? Uh, they they did like a prequel comic about uh, Idris Elba's character, mm-hmm. I think, and it was or something like that. But it wasn't anything like amazing. They you know? need to seriously like make like a dedicated like IDW like honestly specific line for for Pacific Rim because that story is just so cheesy and cool at the same time but it's like it's it's so like niche and it's so like comic booky yeah and like yeah. anyone who likes like Power Rangers or like these like giant robot like Gundam-esque stories like the, everyone loves it you know yeah. uh what do you think Steven I really like the first Pacific Rim um I mean let's be honest Idris Elba was only the really good character in yeah. the movie yeah, yeah. Was, but it was freaking terrible it doesn't really matter because it was a bunch of robots punching giant monsters in the face exactly so i really liked it went and had a good time i'm really excited for the second one john boyega is going to be in it yeah like he's going to be playing idris elba's character's son yep. and then i think uh they said that the two uh main characters are going to come back 
uh, Charlie Hunnam, I think. Yes. And then the actress that played Mako, I can't remember her name. But they're both going to be coming back, and I'm so excited. That's dope. That's super dope. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, too, is that, I mean, you can have, like, a punch-em-up action movie, and it clearly, like, still works. Clearly, it's fine. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it goes back to some of these movies and the definitions between these these Marvel movies and these DC movies, right? Is that DC has found that formula where they can kind of skip some of the story because it's just punch em up action all the time. And DC is like, let's do both. And, like, you can't do both, man. You got you to gotta pick one or the other. Yeah. Clearly. But, yeah, Pacific Rim's coming. I'm so excited for that. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to go into our main segment. We're going to talk about the almighty Last Jedi. Hey guys, if you're liking this podcast and others, always check us out on iTunes or SoundCloud where you can download and listen to us and stream us live. You can also check us out at cm-life.com. Be sure to check out our Facebook and our Twitter for more information on podcasts and other entertainment on campus. Hey guys, we're back, and as always, you can listen to this podcast and any other podcast on cm-life.com. We publish our podcasts on SoundCloud for you Android users. We're on the iTunes podcast channel at CM Life Podcasts, and you can also just, you know, search us for us, and we're, we're out there. Yeah. We're out there. We have a Facebook. We have a Twitter and an Instagram. Yeah, we do. And then if you, you know, want to look at the other podcasts, they're probably not as cool as our podcast. But I mean, we got Netflix Movie yeah, Club. Yeah, there's that one. Uh, I think there's, there's some guy named Noah who runs that one. Oh, yeah, it's you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, listen to their podcast. They're pretty cool. But also, I want to put a real quick shout out, just real quick. So, last week, we had like 300-some downloads of podcasts on CM Life in general. And out of 153 of those, 154 of those were this podcast. Yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Thank you for downloading. That makes us incredibly happy because it's not just us spouting weird crap into a microphone and just putting it out in the ether. People are actually listening to us. It's so cool. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so but, exactly. uh, as we promised, we're going to talk about Star Wars and we're going to talk about The Last Jedi. And one important thing that we need to bring up, we need to talk about, um, is the passing of the great Carrie Fisher. Now, everybody knows Carrie as Princess Leia. That was the defining role for her. But what a lot of people don't know about Carrie Fisher is that she was in a bunch of other comedies. I mean, she was in Blues Brothers. She was in The Burbs. She was in all this other cool stuff. Harry Met Sally. Harry Met Sally. She was, yeah, yeah, she was, wasn't she? Yeah. That's great. So, and But she also did a lot of comedy writing. You know, she wrote a lot of books herself. And she was a huge advocate for not only, like, you know, drug addiction awareness. Uh, she herself battled drug addiction for a really long time but also a huge mental health advocate and uh, donated money, donated time, and, and spoke out so much for those those causes that um, her loss was just... Uh, it was felt everywhere, Monumental, honestly. monumental. And it, it has massive implications for the where they're taking this story now, too. Um, so, you know, not only did it mess up a lot of fans just for the fact that they lost Princess Leia, right? It just it, it really put a real big dent in what was going on and the momentum of these movies. Um, so for you guys, when you guys saw the... What was the first Star Wars movie you saw? And if it was one of the original trilogy movies, what was your first impressions of Leia when you guys were, like, young kids? Uh, I would, at least for me personally, like, uh, the first Star Wars movie I saw was A New Hope. Mm-hmm. and so Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Star Wars 1. Yeah, so, like... <laughs> 
Well, yeah, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, some stuff happened. Yeah. Uh, but like with Leia, it's like she is unlike a lot of female characters that are out there. I mean, honestly, like it's unprecedented because mm-hmm. a lot of the time it's always this like damsel in distress figure or. Uh, when they try to make them like oh like a strong female character it's like they're I'm so strong look how strong I am it's like that's their whole thing and it's they're not multifaceted like how Leia is like she is a strong willed character and she is take charge but also she is super compassionate mm-hmm. uh, of others so yeah. it's it, it was amazing to see that and just also shocking that there are no other characters like that and I feel like she was a contributing uh, a factor for sure to where we are now where we have characters like that and I think it's really cool absolutely yeah how about you Steve um I honestly can't nail down one specific memory that got me into Star Wars mm-hmm. I remember being terrified of the Darth Maul cutout that was in the <laughs> local store when I was about four because <laughs> Phantom Menace was coming out yeah. Yeah. and he was scary I remember um, watching the old Samurai Jack-esque Clone Wars and that I think yeah. that was what got me into yeah maybe I'll watch these and then just the initial memory from the prequels, kind of similar to what Noah said. Like, you're expecting this damsel in distress, and then she immediately picks up a gun and starts shooting at the stormtroopers next to Harrison yeah. Ford. And that was really cool for me. Mm-hmm. And then I think she started, like, a really um, tr- like a really prominent like tradition of more badass female characters. I don't know if we can swear on this Oh, we can say Oh, we can okay. swear. We can say badass. Yeah, she's a badass. Badass ones. And I think because of her, like, back in the 70s, that kind of like laid the groundwork for a lot of like the female characters we have now your black widows your katnesses your ray your ray your furiosas yeah exactly so yeah i think she's a really good icon and big part of star wars absolutely and it's interesting too i mean just branching off what you guys said so succinctly is that you know um in a time where feminine characters could also not be feminist she was the perfect bridge between the two of them. Because let's not kid ourselves. Carrie Fisher was a beautiful woman, right? Especially in that era, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, despite you know, all these stories about, like, you know, George Lucas told me I couldn't wear a bra because there's no bras in space. Yeah. Which is, you know, even funnier than what she responded to. Um, you know, it was very clear that, like, they were trying to sex her up for that role, but they, that was not the core of her character. You know, she simply was a feminine feminist. She was able to be badass. She was able to be compassionate at the same time. It was just like the perfect marriage. And um, I think that's why so many people, not just young girls, you know, attach themselves to the idea of just loving Princess Leia. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I mean, obviously Luke Skywalker was was the dude, right? And other kids were just like, oh, solo all the way. But I remember just me and my brother sitting there. It's like, dude, Leia rocks. Yeah. Leia's totally cool. Not only is she a princess, she becomes a general later, which we all kind of knew was going to happen anyway. You know, she basically leads the entire resistance. The entire resistance is in the hands of a woman and it wins, right? So, like, growing up for me, I mean, we grew up in a pretty liberal family. It is what it is. But, um... You know, that was important to see. You know, it was important not to see these these female characters, like, marginalized and put into a box. You know, yeah. when, when so many other of them in my childhood and, in like, the, the pan- pantheon of great, you know, pop culture movies, you didn't see that, you know. Um, and it really did lay so much groundwork in. For sure. Um, and I, everybody was real critical about how much Force Awakens did mirror you know, a new, a hope. new hope. Yeah. Um, and how much Ray's character not only mimicked Luke, but so much mimicked Leia too. 
you needed that. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. No, not at all. You needed to reintroduce that same story in a different way with a completely different character characterization, characterization too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just the, the loss is monumental. And the fact that she went out the way that she did, as we mentioned earlier, she, she cremated herself. Well, not herself. Her family cremated her. And her, her urn was a Prozac pill, right? Which is like... Which is god awful yeah. hilarious, right? Yeah. Especially for a woman who who dealt with so much in her life. Um, I believe she was addicted to cocaine. I believe she was addicted to some other like uppers and amphetamines and things like that, you know. And she talks pretty pretty openly about it, like you know that whole first stretch in her career in Hollywood, like you know. That's what was, it was. She was young. She was nineteen. She was just going to parties all the time, um, and it really took over her life. And I mean, th- maybe that accounts for her not being as prolific as an actress as maybe she could have because I mean when people think about it they really only think about Leia which is really unfortunate because of the other stuff that she did get kind of swept under the rug yeah put under this like oh well she's like a recovering addict so that's why she was able to do all this stuff and that's just unfortunate but it just shows you how much heart she had and how much that heart even though she wasn't maybe going through all those addiction problems when when Leia was going on when she was filming for Leia how much of that kind of just translates into her own life too. It was just so cool. So Carrie, we're really sorry that you're gone, man. If you're out there listening in the, in the stratosphere, right? Yeah. It's just too bad. The world is worse off without her. Honestly, it is, man. It was a big time bummer. And then she lost her mom too. The next day. Oh God. I couldn't imagine what that family was going through or still is going through. That's just the worst. Jeez, man. So, it was just it's just so disappointing and just sad. But yeah. um, the the weird thing about all this now um, is where do we go from here, right? Um, as we transition into talking about the Last Jedi, we do know that Leia features prominently in this next movie. Yeah, Carrie Fisher completed all of her filming Thank for you, the Last Jedi, which is really cool. Yeah, um, that was kind of a blessing. But we also learned after she died that they had to go do heavy rewrites of number nine because she was going to feature extremely more prominently in that movie. And it only begs the question of, well, what was coming? Yeah, right? exactly. So let's dive into The Last <laughs> Jedi. What do we want out of the movie? What do we know about the movie? And where do we think this is going? So, Steve, first off, what do you, what do you like about this concept of, of Skywalker potentially training Ray or him kind of just delving even more into what the force is all about. I think that last scene in the force awakens when Ray pulls out his old lightsaber and he just like gives her this look and it's just this mix of a, where did you get that? B I don't, I really don't want to do this again because Kylo messed it all up. Yeah. And it's just like that, just a really powerful scene. And I, I really want to get into it and I really hope one of my friends had this fan theory he said Luke's going to die in episode eight. It better not happen. We just got him back. <laughs> no, it's not happening. So I think we're going to see kind of a Yoda-Luke dynamic with Luke and Ray, but I feel like it's going to take him some like convincing and poking and prodding to get him back into full Jedi mode, I yeah. guess. I could for sure see that. Like He wouldn't just jump into training her. It's going to take some convincing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's it's interesting too that they they have pretty explicitly said that there's going to be no time jump in this whatsoever. You're going to get the scroll. It's going to scroll out some, some whatever the plot and it's is. It's going to be right back into it, and it's going to jump right back into that moment in that Sweet. scene. Good, um, which is unorthodox, but pretty necessary. Yeah, you know, I can't see a large amount of time of them like having been training for a real long time. Because like, that would like jump uh, jump away from like all the important, you know character right. stuff like them getting to know each other yeah I wouldn't want to just be like oh one year later and then putting that as a flashback would be really just very difficult yeah even just like a, a plot structure wise too and I think that's the thing too is so great about like the Star Wars cliffhanger right um, you got that from Empire into Jedi and like you kind of got that in from you know Rogue One going into uh, whatever because yeah. you, you finally got to see where, where it tipped over right the edge but um yeah, just the those first couple lines of dialogue are probably going to be the like most protected like pieces of film. Yeah. Ever. I remember Malachi telling me that like they actually had drones like policing other drones over the set. So if they saw like a, like you know like a rogue drone like trying to capture some video, they would have like another drone like fly into it and crash it. That's amazing. Yeah, they were they were protecting the set with drones. Star Wars is happening over the set of Star exactly, Wars. Exactly. They're, right. They're shaped like little star destroyers and they have BB guns on them. It's like the most the meta thing ever, right? <laughs> like Star Wars has become Star Wars. But yeah, I mean that's that's gonna be so awesome to see, and I just can't wait to to hear what they're gonna say to each other. And um, you know, it all goes back to this this Yoda dynamic. I I, I think that's a really cool idea and I really hadn't even thought about that about maybe Luke being kind of like trepidatious about getting back into it or accepting anybody else but what do you guys think this the last Jedi is supposed to mean now a lot of people have been saying obviously it's Luke right because even in the scroll from Force Awakens it says Luke the last Jedi Obi-Wan and Yoda both called him the last Jedi in Empire right so obviously there's that but what else could it mean? Do you guys have any other theories on who else The Last Jedi could be? Is it multiple people? Have you thought about it? Uh, I'd be curious to see if it would be in regards to um, Kylo. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, they mentioned that like a lot of this upcoming movie is going to be dedicated to like exploring Kylo and like, what his backstory is. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wonder if there would be some sort of flashback to Luke training him and maybe it could be about him. Yeah. Maybe, possibly. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's spot on too. Um, and one of the things that's interesting is that it was very clear that it wasn't the dark side seducing <coughs> Kylo. No, it seemed like it was like he's like made a decision that I want to be dark, and that slowly the the, the light side of the yeah. force is like reaching back into him. It was like that's not who you are. Yeah, it was almost the us. opposite. It was the light side that was like yeah. trying to yeah. to pull him. That's exactly. like a it's a really interesting concept that they kind of toyed with because. I mean, the prequels, it was all about Anakin being tempted by the dark. Mm-hmm. And then you flip it around for the new ones, and his grandson idolizes Darth Vader. part of his grandfather, yeah. Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. But he forgets that Anakin turned back in episode six. So Anakin's trying to pull him back to the light. Yeah. So I'm campaigning. Bring back Hayden, Force Ghost, 2017. <laughs> He can act if he has a good script. People, people I, are, are talking about that, man. And that actually came out that like there was there was a petition, wasn't there, to like try yeah. to get him to do this? I think he was. Wasn't I don't know he the gonna? Specifics. He was spotted somewhere. Or he was talking to somebody. I don't know the details, <laughs> but there were talks. Somebody mentioned it. He might come back as a Force. Ghost. I'm pretty sure uh, there was like concept art for the Force Awakens for like an Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. 
character where it's like it is a force ghost but it's kind of like a mixture of the two and it would go back and forth between these like two different personalities that would be killer that yeah. would be killer if like you know all of a sudden like vader's force ghost is showing up talking to kylo ren yeah you know and then he just gets pulled out of it and it's anakin yeah he's, like, yelling at him don't do it and that would be so confusing be for, cool. for kylo it's like oh my emotions what's I don't going know what on to do well, yeah it's interesting too because like i you know now that it's called the last jedi it adds a lot of different dynamics and when we didn't know what the name was for me personally like i was really amped to see not only this ray you know um skywalker like dynamic but also see like kylo getting trained by snoke yeah that was kind of the promise at the end of the movie getting this glimpse into what a sith lord trains as but like something that someone brought up on reddit and i'm not a big fan of just like looking at reddit and pulling stuff out of my you know but um someone said that neither snoke nor kylo are actually sith yeah, right. that is true. And they never once even referred to themselves as Sith at all. They just simply talk about this dark side of the Force, right? And I was watching the prequels very recently, which is kind of strange, but um, Qui-Gon is really kind of a great Jedi, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Very, very much so a great Jedi because he totally bucks the Jedi code. He doesn't listen to the Jedi Council and decides that we're just going to train Anakin anyway despite what you know they Everybody's say or saying, how yeah. they feel about it. Um and so it makes me kind of believe that, you know, maybe they're not necessarily gray Jedi, but maybe dark Jedi, but probably riding the line, right? Um, not fully embracing this synth mentality, which is even more cool because that even kind of goes back to, like, maybe the last Jedi is a, just a group of them. Maybe it is Snoke, maybe it is Skywalker, and maybe it is Kylo all at the same time, and they're vying for that influence on who is going to carry on the Jedi code, you know? Um Really super strange, but uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah, you know. Um, but what do you guys want out of the movie? Out of out of more specifically, what what do you where do you want it to end? What are the implications? Uh, I'm not sure about how I want it to end, but I want I want some closure on mm-hmm. some things that we were given in Episode Seven, namely, who's Snoke? Because the Snoke theories are everywhere, yeah, and most of them suck. They're all over the place. Honestly, though, uh, I want to know who Ray is. Mm-hmm. I am personally in the Kenobi theory camp. I mm-hmm. think that she is a granddaughter of Obi Wan Kenobi, because I feel like that parallel would be really cool to see, like the grandchildren of Anakin and Obi Wan fighting. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, it'd be sick. It'd be the full circle, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, more Poe Dameron and more Kylo because Adam Driver is really great. I watched a TED Talk with him recently. Yeah. He was a former Marine, and then he got out. Like, he did his time. Once he was discharged, he got into acting, and he uses his acting skills and abilities to, like, help veterans. Mm-hmm. So I think that's That's really great. so cool. Yeah. That is really cool. How about you, man? What, what are you, what's, what's the implications? Uh, the two big pillars for me are is, like, who is Rey? Mm-hmm. Like, where does she come from? How does she know and do all these things that she does? Like, uh, she seems to be, like, super highly trained and stuff. I'd be curious to see if that was, like, a huge thing with, like, Luke and, like, his Jedi temple training facility, whatever was going on there. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to see what was going on there and how how that had to do with Rey and how she got to where she was. Yeah. Uh, also, like, same deal with Kylo. Like, I, I, like, me personally, I thought Kylo was, like, one of the most interesting, if not the most interesting characters in that movie. Mm-hmm. So I'd be really curious to see how, if they talk about it or if they show it, like how he went from being the son of Leia and Han to where he is now and what that emotional uh, 
you know, Bridge was like, mm-hmm. like how he got to where he is. Like, why does he hate his parents that much? Was he always that angsty? Yeah, when exactly. He came out, you exactly. Know? <laughs> this is angsty kids yeah. channeling Hayden. I'm just so mad right now. Oh, the sand. So hate it. I know. So was, we were watching. So Emma and I watched it. Emily's my girlfriend. I mention her sometimes on the show. She had never seen. She saw the prequels when she was a kid, and she didn't ever really pay attention to them. So unfortunate for me, I spent a lot of money doing this, but I bought both both pre, uh, trilogy sets. And uh, when it got to that part, we just had to pause it because we just died laughing. <laughs> We're like, did this really just happen? I hate the sand. Of like, course. Oh, dude, you suck. It's the yeah. best pickup line. So lame. But yeah, those are all good insights, man. I'm, I guess I'm the same way. I really want to find out the Snoke thing. The Snoke thing's been bugging me since that they even introduced him. Um, I buy the Plagueis arguments, but also at the same time, I think that's probably a really cheap way for them to go about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's what every fan wants. You know, so if you kind of just blatantly give it to him, I, I think JJ and the rest of those guys and Kathleen Kennedy are better than that. So here's to hoping that they can actually do that. Yeah, I hope they like just make a whole new character. Yeah, I think that'd um, be really cool. And the the interesting thing about the Plagueis argument for me is is that there's so much Vader artifact <laughs> worship, right? Yeah. And I brought this up a couple of times in different shows, but one of the books leading up to Force Awakens has a very small, like it's a paragraph. It's not even a huge part of the plot, but it's like this really interesting Easter egg that I think some people have caught on to is that there's like this death cult that like worships the Sith, right? They're not Sith. Okay. And they're just like lay people who like worship the Sith. Is this like the Knights of Ren or is this like a whole different thing? Totally different situation. Not even Knights of Ren. Okay. But there's like this, there exists in that, in the universe as they've built it now with the Disney universe, this cult that says that like they worship Plagueis and they worship what he could do and that they believe that if you get enough artifacts of a Sith together, you could bring that Sith back to life wow right which then goes back to the whole argument that if Plagueis is Plagueis he can probably bring himself back to life goes back to what the you know Palpatine was telling Anakin in the third movie you know we, we have ways of bringing back the dead even if that was a line of crap just to try to pull him to the side yeah I mean all these things just stack up for me personally and I mean it was just so telling when he sit when Adam Driver is sitting in front of Vader's burnt up mask, you know, like praying to it. Yeah. Like not just like talking to it like, hey dad, hey grandpa, how you doing? You know, like actually like speaking to it like it was a deity. Right. And uh, like saying, we'll finish what you started. <coughs> then there's the whole idea of him being obsessed with Anakin's lightsabers. Like that belongs to me. Like that's not just a kid who's just like is obsessed with his grandpa. There's like for me there had that had meaning. To it, right? Um, and since Ryan Johnson was or Ryan, I don't even say his I name. It's Ryan. It is Ryan. I always mess up his name. Um, said that we were very specific about trying to fill in some loose ends of things that were mentioned in that movie. And God, I don't know how you can go forward without trying to, to wrap that part up. Yeah, for sure. Know? So yeah, I guess we'll see. Um, I kind of want Luke to die. I kind of need him to die. Really? I kind of need him to die. If he's gonna die, don't do it in eight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, we might have to might have to wait for that one, but also too, it bums me out. I was really interested to see how much of a mentor Leia was going to be to Rey. Yeah, because my idea was that if if she was really that big in that part of the movie, well, is it because that she's kind of like pulling Kylo back? You know, is that is that what the linchpin is? Is that is it his mom that pulls him back? You know, to the the light side of the Force, or does Luke die and now Leia's taken up training Rey? You know what I mean? Because obviously she's force sensitive. Oh, for sure. You know, even though she wasn't trained. Right. She probably is there. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, 
it's just crazy. And it's just sad to think about that we will we'll never see that like alternate reality version yeah. of what eight is gonna be. Yeah. It's just a bummer all around. But man, as soon as they as soon as they released the title of this movie, I did like five backflips. I know, right? It was just absolutely insane. And there's that red type too. The red yeah. font, yep. yeah. Where were you guys when you guys heard The Last Jedi? Uh probably in my room. I go to the bathroom or something on the toilet. <laughs> I was like, oh out. hey, Last Jedi. <laughs> what do you know? I think I was in class, honestly, yeah. and I was like, boop, 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 just yeah. got my phone blowed up, and it was just all at once, and I was like, oh my gosh. I was in bowling class. Yeah? I have a bowling class. That's like, really cool. That's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, I was sitting there, and I was like taking a break, and I was looking at my phone, and just like, Last Jedi showed up, and just everywhere. I think I immediately shared it to you. I was just like, no, what the <laughs> heck? Oh my God. You yeah. know? So, a lot to look forward to on all fronts, but uh, here we are. We're at the end of the show. I want to thank Steve for being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's yeah. awesome. We want to continue this Geek of the Week thing. It seems to be going pretty smooth. Yeah. We'll have past geeks back on. We should have like a, a Geek of the Week reunion That'd be cool. at the end of the semester and just get you guys to do hot takes. But um, if you want to be a Geek of the Week, send us a message on Facebook. Send us a message on Twitter. Right? Our Twitter is at Raving Geeks. Facebook is just Raving Geeks. Yeah. Just find us like that. Yeah. Um, and we'll try to have you on the show. Let us know what you're interested in, you know, how you got interested in that, you know, show us some of your geek credentials, you know, and, uh, we'll have you on. Um, as always, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, like us on, uh, uh, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. Like us on SoundCloud. You can also download us and listen to us on SoundCloud too. And And we also are on uh, iTunes. On the CM Life iTunes podcast channel. Yeah. And cm-life.com, which is where most of those downloads came from, which is pretty which is pretty awesome. Awesome. So until next time, guys, thanks for joining us. Same bat time, same bat network. Hashtag bring back Hayden, 2K17.